Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, February 21st. It's your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high-quality content that is congratulating former Flyer Valtteri Filppula on his gold medal with Team Finland. So much fun to watch them celebrate. Yeah, that was nice for him. And then also a, a little sad at the passing of uh, Emile Francis, a, a hockey friend of mine, like an NHL legend. So, yeah, we have the good and the bad. Thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Flyers. You'll keep up to date on all the Flyers news and our episodes. You can also email us at LockedOnFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on Twitter at Sportsology. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. On today's show, we're going to talk about the latest news with the Flyers and some activations from injury, which is refreshing. <laughs> and then we will preview our matchup against the Carolina Hurricanes. And it's Monday, so we're going to get petty with our nemesis of the week. Locked on Flyers is free and available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you are listening right now. So subscribe and you will get all of our episodes here on the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Russ, so we've, we're going to get some guys back, which is nice to talk about for It's once. unusual. Yeah. So it seems like Rasmus Ristolainen should be back in the lineup today against Carolina, which I think is going to be extremely helpful in that matchup, which we'll talk about in the next segment, but very good to see him back. And then we saw that Connor Bunneman was put on waivers and which was kind of hilarious because of the whole situation with practice that they had done a shootout competition, which he won. And then literally Mm -hmm. five minutes later, the Flyers announced that he was getting put on waivers, and I was just like, "Oh, Connor." <laughs> I do want to put I, I do want to put the Flyers on blast for this, though. Again, Bunneman's been yo-yoed for two years. I don't think he's a great player, but I think he could be a decent fourth line player. You're putting all this emphasis on Patrick Brown, who you're lucky if he'll even be there next year or even be a contributor. And wouldn't shock me if at some point Bunneman leaves. Uh, he's not as good as Aubrey Cabell, but he could go on a similar route and get a little bit more development time, play with a little bit better team, and do a little better, I think. And I kind of hope at this point that's what happens for him. I do too. You're right. He's not as good as Nick Abe-Kubel. And obviously, NAK was picked up on waivers and Connor Bunneman, you know, cleared. So it could be the timing, but also that just says something about the difference in, in those two guys. But I, I think you're right in terms of him being, you know, a real solid fourth liner for somebody out there. And the fact that he's so flexible with what he can do and where he can play, I think is appealing to a lot of teams. So who knows what will end up happening with him. I'm still not sold on Patrick Brown either. No. We'll see what he can do when he comes back. And I think, you know, again, we're going to talk more about that in our nemesis segment a little bit. <laughs> 
the other good news is that the Phantoms got Cam York back as well as Tanner Lazinski, which, ugh. I'm like dying to actually see him play. I know he's not going to be 100% right away, but I think that being able to play out the season is just going to do him wonders and, you know, he'll be raring to go going into the off season and and come back to camp next year looking good is my hope, wish and dream. And and, and it's mine too. Uh I don't know if it's dream, but um yeah, it's mine too because he he looked really good in camp, even though we knew he was coming off the hip stuff, but he just couldn't get it going in time. And then, you know, as it sometimes happens, you have some setbacks, and he did. And this would do him really well mentally. And if he just – he doesn't have to do super fantastic. He just has to stay healthy and play out the string. And if he happens to do great, that's terrific. But either way, it's going to help his summer development. Exactly. You know, his first game back, he had four shots on goal in that Phantoms game. So that's good to see getting active out there. And, you know, Cam York getting his legs back. He had two shots mm-hmm. on goal in, in that game and uh, didn't turn out great for the Phantoms, but it wasn't a terrible game either. We'll talk more about that when we do our Phantoms check in this week. But, you know, again, they're getting healthier, too. It's good to see their lineup getting to what a normal lineup would look like for that team and for those guys to be playing together and be and Mm -hmm. to be able to work to get back to 100 percent together I think is also key no that's important I mean that is how you get good development we'll um we'll just kind of see how long they keep Cam York down there if they really do keep him for the end of the year it's not a bad thing for Cam but I don't know if it's a great thing for Flyers fans because they're going to want to see him and they're going to be watching a little less than. So it's going to be kind of like a give and take situation with Cam York. I, I do think they'll end up calling Cam back up later in the season, but, you know, maybe give it a couple weeks to make sure mm-hmm. he's doing OK. Yeah, and, that, and that's fine. I think that's that would be smart. Switching gears a little bit, the Olympics have wrapped up officially, and, you know, we have a goalie prospect in Ivan Fedotov that had a really interesting tournament. Uh, Team ROC uh, for Russia wound up with the silver medal, and Ivan played all six games for the Russian team, wound up with a 94.25 save percentage. It was a little skewed because he had one bad game uh, versus Czechia where they lost six to five in overtime, but he did have two shutouts early in the tournament. You know, for me, I think it was interesting because the way Russia played this tournament overall was a really tight defensive game that mm-hmm. mostly worked and then just couldn't against a tougher Finland team that had a similar strategy. Well, that's the, all they that's the only way Finland yeah, plays in any tournament yeah, on earth. Exactly. Exactly. You can't outfin the Finns. Like no, it's, it's and proven. I think that's that's what they tried to do ultimately and it didn't work because if you look at ROC's games, uh, they were mostly one goal games. Two of the games they played versus Denmark were two goal games, but one of them had an empty netter at the ge- at the end. So, again, really tight, defensive minded hockey, but they relied on Ivan Fedotov a lot. They did, and look, we—I'll give this show credit. We've been talking about him way before he started to show some gains in this tournament, and he really has shown some gains. And it's important now to kind of 
point out that just because you have Carter Hart, just because you have Felix Sandstrom, just because you have Sam Urson doesn't mean that you shouldn't try to bring him to North America and get him acclimated too because you never know when someone's going to be used as an asset. You never know when someone's going to have an injury. Right now, he is moving up the charts. Like, he's ahead of Ustamenko. And when Absolutely. I see him play... And when I see him play in North America, you know, it's possible he can even be a little higher on the depth chart. So will he come over? I don't know. I mean, he probably, based on this, is going to play another season in the K because he can make more money. But if the Flyers sort of show him a path where, hey, you could actually battle for a job and get NHL starts, maybe that's something that, you know, will get him over. And then you have to just see, you know, when that would happen. I don't think it would happen right away. But... It's an exciting thing to have happen because, again, when he was drafted, uh, it was just like, hey, this guy's a big goalie. And you never know. But everybody's been trying to get six foot seven goalies because when he played against uh, Sweden in the shootout, he was really good. I mean, he was stoning them. When, when you do go one-on-one with a goalie this big, if the five hole's not gigantic, there isn't a lot to shoot at. And, and that is something where that can be very valuable at the NHL level. We saw it in guys like Bishop. So, But again, these guys are few and far between. So when you have one, you have to cultivate it. You know, your point about whether or not he'll want to come over is a good one. And that that path is super important. That if the Flyers have any interest in bringing him over and you know getting him into the North American depth chart here, they will have to show him that path and i Mm -hmm. think that given how things have gone with the phantoms recently and you know felix sandstrom's been fine but not breakout stellar that you think oh he's going to be the carter hart backup for sure like there's no certainty i think with him or with ustamenko and that urson has been hurt so the window is there it's just a matter if the flyers actually want to open it for him yeah, I mean, this would probably spell the end for Pat Nagel, but he's had a fun season. He'll get another job next year for sure. And this is something where the Flyers really can kind of move forward and and really have a strong goalie system because right now that's yet to be determined. They have one good goalie right now that we know of, and then the rest are all prospects. Well, I am certainly interested to see what kind of sales pitch the Flyers can give to <laughs> Fedotov because I think it will absolutely be worth at least giving it a try. So one of the other things that I would like to try is getting a little bit healthier. And, you know, you try with New Year's resolutions, but Bilt Bar is the thing that keeps you going. And have you tried Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are the first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy, they're marshmallowy, they're not just a protein bar, they're a treat. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut marshmallow, and banana cream pie. And every single Built Bar, including those puffs, are covered in 100% real chocolate. So go to Built.com and scroll down to their macros chart and you're going to be blown away. Built Bars are high protein and low calorie. They're high fiber and low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, but 17 grams of protein. If you compare that to a candy bar, it's going to have double the calories, a ton of sugar, and dozens of net 
carbs. And they have so many amazing flavors to choose from on their regular bars like coconut and coconut almond. New this month is white chocolate cookies and cream and they've got new flavors coming out all the time. They are all about the taste. Built Bar makes it taste delicious first, then they figure out how to make it healthy. So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks again for making Locked on Flyers your first listen every day. And make sure to check out today's Olympic Hockey Daily presented by Locked on NHL. It's a bonus podcast covering all the action in Beijing. You can find it on the Locked on NHL podcast feed. I am there. As always, it's our last episode today. So we're going to wrap up the tournament as well as talk about the gold and bronze medal games for the men's tournament. A lot of fun. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. So we have an afternoon game today against the Carolina Hurricanes. And it's it's kind of funny because it's the Pride Night game, but it's in the afternoon. So I don't know why they keep calling it Pride Night, but we'll see. I know it does kind of drive me crazy, goes. too, because if yeah. I show up at like, you know, five o'clock, the game will be half over. Exactly, exactly. But I like those pride games. I do. I've always been pushing them. Uh, we used to have a dog, Kaya, who we used to um, really have in the march in the pride parade uh, with the multicolor hair. We would spray paint her hair, and she loved it, and people loved it. Oh, that's it. so cute. Yeah, and she had white hair, and so it worked. Now um, we have a, another dog in Jake who is probably going to do the same thing, but he's brindle. So I don't think we're going to be able to do the hair coloring on him. Yeah, well, we'll see what the Flyers end up doing this year. They've done some good stuff in the past, but sometimes it's been kind of shaky. So looking forward to seeing how they uh, actually implement uh, a, a good set of programming on it. But for the Carolina Hurricanes, our opponent in this game, uh, it's been interesting for them recently because uh, we are recording this before their game against Pittsburgh on Sunday so we don't know the results of that game but hopefully it tired them out because the Pens are a tough opponent and (laughs) they'll be coming in on the back half of a back-to-back but prior to that Pens game they were two and four in their last six games which has been really unusual for the Canes this season. Um, I can explain that. Yeah? Yeah because this is the time of year where regular season Freddie Anderson uh, starts going into the stretch drive with whatever team, and it used to be the Leafs, to go into the playoffs. And he was never, ever, ever super hot going into the playoffs. And so this has become a thing with him. I know people go back and say, well, he did good with Anaheim. Well, that's a long time ago. And while he does do great in the regular season, he does seem to have these hiccups in the second half, and they've already started. So we'll see, um, you know, I would rather the Flyers face him, to be honest, because I don't think he's playing at the top of his game. They're still second in the East at the top of the Metro. And while they've had some recent struggles, they're still really strong in a whole bunch of areas. And they're tied for third in goal differential at 53. They've got the top penalty kill in the league at 89.9%. And I think the key thing here is that they are very, very good at shot suppression. They're third in the league, um, only allowing 28.6 shots per game on average, which is that's not a lot of opportunities you're going to get to score. And then 
you can't let them get ahead because they have the least number of goals allowed in the third period in the league. <laughs> so it's yeah. tough. Yeah, they're going to play hard, heavy hockey for sure, even though they have a ton of skill. And you're right. The way they um, employ their special teams makes them very difficult. Now, this is a day game. So maybe everybody will be a little sleepy in that first period. Remember, the Flyers used to be horrible years ago uh, for these day games. I think that's sort of like a 50-50 now. So well, it's a we'll 3 p.m. game. So is, will they split the difference? Who knows? Right. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. Because I think, yeah, right. I think the other ones used to be like those 1 o'clock ones. Mm. So I still think the first period will be a little bit of um, tough sledding for both. I don't know if we'll see a very exciting first period but in the end, you don't you if you're the Flyers, you can't play it safe against this team because this team knows how to do that and they'll beat you at that. You actually have to put your foot on the gas pedal and try and really play in your own end and, and get the puck on on your guys' sticks for more of the game and just get as many shots on goal as you can. I think that's the way you combat that. Because otherwise they will just limit everything and they will make you make mistakes otherwise. The depth difference between the two teams is pretty massive. If you look at yeah. the Canes lineup, they have 10 players with 20 or more points this season. Three of them are defensemen, which is absolutely wild. And then the Flyers only have five and zero of them are defensemen. So they have a very active you know, defensive core. They're going to get involved in the offense and it's tough when the Flyers have a breakout problem and you're playing against a team that's going to pressure you in the zone like that. I also would look for Seth Jarvis, who got an assist against them in the last game, and that was back in November. So he's gotten a lot better since then. And I looked, he almost had 14 minutes of playing time then. Uh, he was on the ice for a shorthanded goal in that game with by Farabee, if I remember right. But he re- he did have a good game otherwise. So... While you're watching out for the top line, they still have guys like that that can kill you. Mm-hmm. Now, Vincent Trocek uh, was questionable for yesterday's game. We'll see if he'll be back for today's game against the Flyers. But you're right, that top line of Svechnikov, Sebastian Ajo, and Teravainen is just lethal. Uh, Svech had two goals against the Preds in their most recent game vo- before this, and it is tough to keep them away from the net. Right. And I'll tell you another guy who will be just an absolute jerk in this game will be Nito Niederreiter, who mm-hmm. always seems to um, be an absolute jerk in general, but really does <laughs> seem to like like playing in Philly and doing that. And and he could score goals, too. Like, he's no no stranger to being around the net either. So there's a lot of different ways this, this team can beat you, and – they the Flyers are going to have to do those lot those little things like what they did for fifty seven minutes. They're going to have to do for sixty. Exactly, and they just can't get in their own way because I don't know what it is, but no matter who the opposing coaches are, Rod Brindamar seems to be able to create a really solid game plan whenever they play the the Flyers he knows exactly how to mitigate whatever the Flyers want to try and do and it's inherently frustrating but also impressive listen for as long as Bob Clark is in that press box he probably always remembers the time when he got traded that Clark said well it's not like Brendan Moore is a Selkie candidate or anything and then what the next year he won the Selkie I'm sure (laughs) I'm sure that still bugs him to this day 
we talked a little bit about goaltending and Freddie Anderson. I'm pretty sure he's playing against the Pens um, on Sunday. So we'll see Ante Ranta, who has not played a ton, again, because they ride Anderson in Carolina pretty hard. And his last game was February 8th, where he allowed four goals against Ottawa. So if they can get through and get the shots – there is a good chance here. It's just a matter of getting through that Carolina structure to get those high danger chances. Yeah, you definitely want to get shots on him early. Uh, but Ranta's a guy, once he's settled in, is a pretty good goalie too. We've seen enough of Ante Ranta to know that if if he's feeling comfortable in there and you're not getting those high danger chances, he can clamp down pretty good. But I think you're right. At the beginning is going to be the key. And that's where they're going to have to, you know, again, on a three o'clock start, come out of the gate really hard so let's see if they can do that Uh, i just like (laughs) i know it's like i know i'm gonna see just that uh that you said is just exactly what i'm thinking when i'm saying it because i realize it's so much easier for me to say than for them to do exactly exactly they're just not a come out strong in the afternoon team and so you know i'm really hoping that they can put something together to make it work in this way. And th- and I think that top line for the Flyers is going to have to really excel. And, yes. and with Giroux and Atkinson, and hopefully maybe Lindblom can start something on, on that group as well. But I don't know. It's going to be a tough battle. Yeah, I wouldn't uh, bet on them coming out strong, but... Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props, to where the next fired coach is going to land. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds, right to the Olympic coverage and information. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn about the trends in action. Bet online where the game starts. It's time for our Flyers Nemesis of the Week. And if you're newer to Locked On Flyers, each Monday we look at the week ahead and say, who is annoying us the most? What is annoying us the most? It could be something Flyers specific or hockey in general. And, you know, last week when we talked about this, obviously there was just buckets of injuries and challenges of figuring out, you know, what exactly you have in this team leading up to the trade deadline so that the team could accurately figure out what moves to make, right? So Mm -hmm. because if nobody's in there, you don't know who you want to potentially trade or who you want to hold on to and then what the right asking price is. And so it looks like we're heading in the right direction on that front, which is good to hear. I think, you know, for me, the nemesis this week, it's really this week and next week is, you know, following up on our nemesis from last week. Okay, how do we accomplish what we need to in terms of turning things around to get some confidence with this team just in general? Playoffs or no playoffs, it's better if you're winning. So how do you accomplish what you need to from a confidence perspective and from evaluating your assets perspective against these five tough opponents we have? So this week, it's the Canes and the Blues. 
And then the Caps game we have next weekend is the first one back to the quote unquote normal schedule for mm-hmm. from the fake Olympic break that didn't happen. So then we face the Caps, the Oilers and the Wild. And that is a real uphill battle. <laughs> this is a grind, man. <laughs> You're right. I'll tell you, my my thing and, and probably from former Flyers, from, not former, from Flyers fans is the cavalcade of former Flyers head coaches that are going to come through here. You got Rod Brindamore, you got Craig Berube, oh my and God. you got Peter right. Laviolette. <laughs> and look, they're all good guys. I actually like them all. But you know when they come through here, especially Laviolette, who really didn't love the way he left, he's the one that's usually the, uh, the sauciest. You know, and that is true. and so that is true. So who knows if he'll even interview? Like, you know, last couple of times he's been a little better, but there have been times where he hasn't even wanted to talk. But in the end, they all have an axe to grind, and they all and you're going to get their best. Like you're going to get their best, and so that should be everybody's nemesis. Oh, that is such a good one. I didn't even think about that, but yeah, that's to face a three f- former. Flyers associated people in in one week is uh, <laughs> that's brutal. I love it though. All right, wrapping up with our Flyers fun thing. Uh, it's super cool what they're doing. I have questions though. They are honoring Lou Nolan at the game on April 9th and they announced it uh, this past week and. I love that they are doing it. I think it's long overdue. It's his 50th yes. year as the PA announcer. He is the voice of the Flyers in a lot of ways. And just, you know, his voice is just woven in amongst the history of this team. And you can't think about all the best moments without thinking about him. Um, I know he may not want this, but when he said, stay classy, Philly, <laughs> with, with the bracelet toss game, man, that was that is a moment in time that he is inextricably connected to. I have the t-shirt to prove it. And uh, I think that, you know, while I love everything about this, that they're doing it, I just wish he would have been in the Flyers Hall of Fame. Like, it feels like a consolation prize to me a little bit for him not getting voted in, which he should get voted in in the future. But He should. But I, I, I'm i glad they're doing it because that was a mistake for him to not get voted in. No, he's such a good guy. I see him many times when I enter the building. We chat. We used to see him all the time in the locker room after. He is a, a special guy. He has a great personality. I just I love running into Lou and for for the games that are coming up I also like when Lou mispronounces one cuz he makes he makes me feel better for the ones I mispronounce so I'm going to guess that if Martin Fayervari were to get on the board for the Capitals <laughs> or he gets a penalty that's the one he's going to that's going to trip him up and if it does I'll love it like it'll just make me smile Well I'm very much looking forward to that game where we get to appreciate and honor him in the way that he absolutely deserves so mark your calendars once again saturday april 9th 
that'll do it for today's show. We'll be back again tomorrow. We're going to break down this game against Carolina. And then we're going to preview the second half of that back-to-back against the Blues with Laura Astorian from St. Louis Game Time. We're going to shift our Phantoms check-in to Wednesday instead because we have so much to talk about tomorrow. As a reminder, we always want to hear from you. Send us in your questions via Twitter at LockdownFlyers, or you can email us at LockdownFlyers at gmail.com. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. You made us your first listen today. Now make your next listen Locked on Fantasy Hockey. Hosts Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.